0: Thanks for joining us for the latest Placetech podcast. I'm Paul Unger, editor of Placetech. Today I'm joined by my old friend, Gary Chimwa, who many of you might know from his days running Future PropTech, uh, the large and very successful show that ran in London for several years. Uh, Future was bought out by Cretech of the US in late 2019. And Gary has now launched a new venture, the Mentorship Hub, which aims to help founders across the tech landscape, not just property, and especially those from underrepresented groups in society. We are also joined by James Morris Manuel, European Managing Director of Matterport, the 3D virtual tours provider to real estate, James is one of Gary's first mentors. We're also joined by Kadira Harris, uh, Senior Director of Matterport for Good, having started in post in December. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks, Paul, for having us.
0: Gary, if I can start with you, um, tell us what Mentorship Hub is and how it works. Yeah,
2: um, thanks for for having me. And um, yeah, so Mentorship Hub is a a platform that, connects underrepresented founders um, for one-to-one mentorship with experienced entrepreneurs uh, industry experts and investors and the premise is that we want to help uh, founders for uh, mainly focusing on underrepresented founders uh, to succeed quicker uh, as i believe this is a a very uh, key part of being able to you know solve any challenges that you face at an early stage when you're growing any business So we want to democratize access to mentors, and uh, we want to be able to do it on a platform that anyone from
0: around the world can join. Okay, so this is going to be an an online platform that people sign up to? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So in the first instance, you know, especially in 2021, obviously under the, you know, circumstances, it's all going to be... Uh, virtual uh, but you know the long-term ambition is that we will start being able to help to hold networking events in in real life because as we all know relationships are much better when you've actually met someone so um, yeah absolutely would love to to be able to to hold live events uh, small ones mainly focused on networking but in the immediate future the focus is on uh, that one-to-one mentorship, which can be done online. Also, it's just much easier to organize and set up, right, if it's just virtual.
0: Yeah, and what um, stage are you at so far and how's it going?
2: Yeah, so it's very early days for us. Uh, you know, we only just announced in January. Uh, there's a lot of work behind the scenes at the moment in terms of, you know, getting the technology to uh, to be where it needs to be. That's going to take a little while longer. Uh, but in the in the meantime, I'm really focused on onboarding uh, mentors and mentees alike. Uh, I'm, I'm make uh, you know making it a point to speak to as many people as as possible, just so I can understand their challenges firsthand. Um, different types of founders, whether they are at idea stage or they are actively you know already uh, have an MVP, a minimum viable product. Um, and then on the mental side, just finding out a bit more about, hey, how much time can they spare? Um, why they want to do it? What, what are their motivations? And, and, you know, it's very fascinating because uh, speaking to all the different mentors, they've all got different motivations. You know, some just simply want to give back, but some also see it as an opportunity to, you know, to learn a lot the other way and get value out of actually helping someone almost as a way of testing their own knowledge to see if you know they are really an expert as much as they think. So it's it's a, a really fascinating time just to, you know, to sort of get, get back to the basics of of building a, a product because because that's what I love doing. I love doing new things. I love uh, you know focusing on new challenges, and yeah, I just feel like it's it's such a big uh, sort of opportunity to to be able to democratize access to advisors um, you know and, and build a real big community around that a real supportive community
0: yeah when I saw you announcing it on on social a few weeks ago I was I just thought what a great idea It was oh, thank it's you. very very exciting to see the reaction it got a very strong response from people as well so um, you've obviously hit on something there and James if I can bring you in um, what do you think the the importance of mentorship is um, is for, uh, for the industry when it comes to, to tech and, and trying to improve diversity, equality and inclusion?
1: It's a great question. And Gary touched on it a little bit during his answer. You know, equity for, you know, to improve diversity, equality, inclusion, a lot of it's about equity. And equity is how can you get access? Access to the networks, access to relationships access to resources and you know through mentorship programs we can really like develop relationships and expand our networks and expand our access and you know mentorship today it is vital as you are essentially mentoring tomorrow's leaders and um, what what better way to shape the future um, by helping uh, spend your time being a mentor
0: uh, and, and what value do you think this delivers to to companies and individuals once they get that access they get into those into those networks how how do you think that value plays out
1: well, there's a lot of different ways being more innovative and becoming a more productive workplace is something that's very very useful um and, and there's a lot of case study now that shows by having mentorship programs both, from senior to junior, but also reverse mentorship programs has really helped companies become more innovative and productive. And, you know, for Matterport, as we really lean into the opportunity in front of us, you know, there are 4 billion buildings in the world and we look to create a digital twin of every single one of those. We really need to be the most effective organization. So having this, having mentorship upwards and downwards will really benefit the company on innovation and building a workplace of the future. Another big highlight would be, you know, better market understanding, figuring out paths to market. Another part is enabling critical conversations. So we as a business, we really like to, you know, point at the problem, don't point at the person, but having these critical conversations is vital to, you know, moving the business forward. And creating potential career pathways and a pipeline of future candidates and future leaders that will be coming through the company is has also been very, very useful.
0: And, and picking up on that reverse mentorship piece that Gary mentioned, it, is that something that you're looking forward to when, when you get involved and, and start mentoring people in, in terms of what, what you take out of the relationship as well as the, the more traditional to be expected, what the
1: mentee gets out of it? Reverse mentorship has got a lot of benefits to everybody involved. And, you know, one of the big benefits is, you know, the sharing of digital skills. So a lot of the time, the junior uh, team might be much, much more effective at teaching um, the more senior leaders about digital skills. And we've actually had an example, where we went to launch a TikTok campaign, which we have done, and it's actually a very, very uh, successful campaign, but we really p- called on our junior workforce who were you know, more savvy with TikTok. How do we get into the market? What's TikTok being used for? How's it being used to really understand, you know, is this something that we want to lean into? And even if we do, how do we lean into it? How do we communicate with the market who is using these platforms. So that's an example we've used of how, you know, reverse mentorship has been very helpful in kind of sharing digital skills. Another part is promoting diversity, Um, you know, being conscious of our biases and having mentees from different backgrounds also helps us kind of confront those different biases. Um, It expands our network and it gives us a different perspective on on things in in the business I mean for example I am um, I'm one of the the mentors for our pride of matterport group I'm in a, a heterosexual marriage and I don't you know I don't identify with the group but I'm absolutely an ally for that group but because of you know matterport's got a very inclusive stance it's given me um, the opportunity to really understand some of the challenges that that other people face so Reverse mentoring, I think, is vital to kind of promoting diversity within a business. One of the other pieces that's worth touching on is, you know, increasing retention for our millennial uh, workforce and reverse mentoring programs, you know, really provide that level of transparency and recognition that a lot of junior employees coming through the ranks um, want to see and want to have that level of transparency and it helps us as a business shape the business of the future. And you know, Matterport's got a big challenge ahead of it. Like I said, how do we capture the four million buildings in the world? And you know, shaping the business of the future to enable us to really lean into that opportunity is uh, is vital.
0: Yeah, but being a, a responsible employer is 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 good for attracting and retaining staff as as, as well as anything else, isn't it? So. Yeah, fascinating. Lots of of areas to to explore there. Um, Kadira, if I can come to you, um, tell us a little bit about your role at at Matterport and what attracted you to, to joining.
3: Absolutely. So Matterport for Good is the company's commitment to be a socially responsible company. And that includes our diversity and inclusion work, as well as our corporate social responsibility efforts. So in our diversity and inclusion work, we focus on creating a diverse and inclusive workplace. We focus on creating an equitable user experience. On the corporate social responsibility front, we focus on leveraging our greatest assets to make meaningful contributions to society. So things like our volunteerism or our philanthropy. We really look at this work as our license to operate in society. Um, our customers, our users are all expecting it of us. And so we know that it's not just a nice thing to do, but it's the right thing to do. Uh, in terms of what really attracted me, you know, of course, it's uh, the product, right? It's, it's, it's Matterport in, in itself and 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 the amazing things that this company has been able to do over the last nine, 10 years. Um, specific to this role, I was really intrigued about the fact that the company was looking at the interconnectedness of diversity and inclusion and corporate social responsibility. Uh, so I'm I'm just really excited to be along for the ride.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and um, can you talk us through uh, from your your experience, your your knowledge, what some of the practical steps are that people from companies that might be listening. Um, whether it's large corporates or startups, what, what can they implement today to improve their diversity and equality?
3: Absolutely. Well, I think there's there's a couple of things. You know, I, I'm a big fan of listening. It's, it's what I embarked on when I first uh, took this role. And, you know, I think that there's so much uh, power and such richness in really listening. And so I would encourage leaders of, of companies of all sizes, whether they're a startup or a large corporation, to conduct listening sessions. Um, to conduct focus uh, groups, really spend time with your employees, understanding what uh, inclusion and equity and diversity all mean. Those things mean a little bit of a different thing. There's nuances there. And so it's important for um, leaders to really listen to to their people. Um, The other thing that I would say is, you know, employee resource groups are a great place to start. Um, you know, it's employee resource groups can be, uh, could add so much value to helping you drive an inclusive workplace. As James mentioned, he's uh, the executive sponsor for our Pride of Matterport group, which supports our LGBTQ uh, employees. Um, we do want to be careful not to overburden them or, or bog them down with too much responsibility for change. And so we want to make sure that they've got the support and the resources and tools that they need to be successful. Uh, but if you, uh, if companies are able to, uh, you know, even start with one or two employee resource groups, start engaging your employees, again, listening to them, finding out what it is that they want to see at, that, at your company to be an inclusive workplace. It's a great place to start. The other place I think um, to start is really looking at your hiring practices and who currently is represented in your organization. Um, you know, if you can find out uh, data around Um, you know, again, whether it's women or people of color, who is currently making up your workforce, understanding where you are so that you understand where the opportunities are to really lean in and do some more of that work around creating a diverse workforce, all great places to start. And then the, the final thing that I would say is that leadership really sets the tone and the expectation when it comes to embedding equity and inclusion in the workplace. And so definitely want to make sure that leadership at the top Um, is bought in and really understands why this is important and then also not forgetting to bring along every other employee in the company. While leadership might set the tone it's really important that you know no matter what level you are in the company you really understand why this is important uh, to driving the success of the company.
0: Yeah sure and when it comes to working externally um, does mentorship have a, a role to play in, in this when it comes to, to diversity and equality in the wider sort of tech world?
3: Absolutely. You know, I I, I think, um, you know, James's involvement in Mentorship Hub, I think is a great example of our employee engagement program, Matterport Cares. And so for us, we recognize as a company that, you know, it's important for our employees to support the causes that they care most about. Um, it absolutely makes sense if, if you know, we're supporting our employees are supporting with knowledge and resources and expertise um, from the tech space, and so that's exactly how James is showing up here. Um, so it's absolutely critical that you know we understand that no one, none of us, goes at it alone. And so the fact that we have these opportunities, uh, like Mentorship Hub, where we can give back with our knowledge and our expertise, um, absolutely, we value that.
0: Yeah, and Gary, what's the the response been like when you've been? Um, Putting those calls in and trying to set up the the framework of 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 mentor support um, that when you've you've reached out to tech companies to to provide that.
2: Yeah, I have to say, um, a lot of the feedback has been largely positive. Um, You know, everyone wants to see how they can help. how they can be involved. Uh, so it's, it's been a really great start. And, and I'm really sort of motivated just by how open everyone is to, to having that discussion. Um, I think the challenge that we will face is, is really how we're going to scale because, you know, the value of what we're doing is, is in that one to one based uh, access to someone. Uh, but of course, you know, as, as any sort of tech platform, we need to be able to scale that. So that's something that I'm thinking about in terms of, you know, how do we produce more content and resources that people can use so that, you know, it, it can reach a wider audience. But that's sort of, you know, version two and version three later down the line. Uh, 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 for now, really, uh, you know, I, 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 I see it as a big opportunity for you know, companies of all sizes to be able to engage externally uh, for two reasons. You know, the people, the mentors themselves that are taking part um, do learn something by, you know, engaging with founders that are doing new and interesting things. You know, it, it is uh, potential companies that you could work with, potential partners, uh, but also just the mindset of what's driving those founders. You know, I, I feel like any innovative company has a lot to, to take away from that. Um, and also, um, if you're a leader within any company, I think it's it's a great opportunity to be able to uh, to sort of look outside of your own company, right, and and find out what's what's happening in the wider world. Um, so I, I think there's a, there's a really interesting dynamic there between you know sort of internal men- mentorships or what what you do within your own company, and then externally as well. You know how you engage with the outside world and what positive contributions you can make and be seen to be making you know uh it's great pr it's great marketing uh, but it's also just important
0: yeah and, and were you driven to uh, set up mentorship hub from your own personal experiences yeah absolutely yeah so i mean i
2: was running future prop tech for since 2015 so for five six years and when i when i started um you know Prop tech was just a, a new thing right it, it, it was new in itself and I was also new to to the real estate world so I had a lot to learn but I knew you know that I was fascinated by by the topic and, and I wanted to build a community around it and I saw a lot of value in that uh, but because I was so new to the sector you know I, I didn't have the relationships and I didn't Uh, know where to start really but you know I just got stuck in and I remember at the time just reaching out to to people via LinkedIn or or just cold emailing people to try and get them to you know spend a little bit of time and and sort of let me know what what challenges they're facing so that I can shape you know this sort of a product I was trying to build and uh, it was very time consuming um, and I just found that it's Quite undemocratic because if you don't know those people, you just don't have access to them. But of course, once you're inside, so to speak, you, you then have this this access. So it, it's it's it's, uh, it's it's absolutely a problem that I faced, you know, in the first two three years, and and that's where the seed was born, really, to say, look, is there a way to make this much more democratic, much much more beneficial to 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 anyone that wants to. Uh, to start a business or really just wants to improve within their career who do they reach out to how do they reach out to them so yeah i just saw it as a, as a massive untapped uh, opportunity yeah
0: yeah and um, a question for for all of you really what, what are some of the the common misconceptions that business leaders have about diversity would you say
3: Absolutely. I think one of the the common misconceptions is that uh, diversity and inclusion isn't the responsibility of the entire company or that every employee doesn't need to be actively engaged or thinking about how um, inclusion is part of of their work. Um, The other thing that I I think is a misconception is that there's a one size fits all approach uh, or that there's one thing that's, that's going to address the issue. You know, at Matterport, we recognize it's really a million little things. Um, It's everything from how we hire and promote to how we make space for each other in meetings to the NGOs that we support in communities across the world. And so I think that if business leaders can really start to address kind of those two misconceptions and kind of take those head on, um, they'll start to see uh, their equity and inclusion work uh, really starting to shift the culture um, and, and the way that they do business.
2: I mean, I, w- I would say my own uh, perception so far is that um, in a lot of instances, it's still seen as a nice to have, um, like this thing that we sort of have to do because, you know, it's, it's kind of trending. Um, a lot of people still don't approach it as, as business critical, which I think it is. You know, um, as James was talking about, for any company to be truly innovative, and and you just need to to have a diverse workforce. I mean, there's there's countless studies that prove that. Uh, But beyond the studies, you know, it it is obvious that you know you can't make decisions on certain uh, on behalf of certain uh, groups or or decisions that affect certain groups uh, that you don't know about. Um, I I think it's, uh, yeah, it's just looking at 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 DNI as a business strategy, and not as a, uh, a sort of side thing, a little box-ticking exercise.
0: Yeah, I, I think for some people it can be quite a, a daunting subject. Um, maybe they're worried about using the wrong language. Um, maybe they they, they just they, they see it as too vast. You know, where where does it begin? Where does it end? You can talk about class. You can talk about education coming from the wrong school. Certainly, you see the, the backgrounds very narrow in property, traditionally. Um, certain, you know, certain types of people coming through over and over again. Um, what, what would your advice to people listening be um, to, you know, to maybe make a start and get through some of those, those perceived challenges,
1: do you think? It is very vast. And, you know, diversity is, is, is a very broad uh, spectrum, you know, includes gender, nationality, age, experience, education. I mean, the list is is very broad. Um, and you know, how and where do you tackle? My my personal recommendation is just get stuck in and hold your hands up and be very honest, open, upfront, and transparent. You know, we've got a number of ERGs at Matterport um, for different communities and. Just being able to educate yourself and see, you know, there's a very common phrase, you don't know what you don't know. But going in with an open mind, uh, for me, has has been a fantastic way to really learn about other backgrounds, other cultures, challenges that people face. And just being upfront, open, honest, transparent, being vulnerable, and, you know, really giving yourself that ability to learn, for me, is probably the first step.
0: A question about the last the last year and, and everything that's happened with the pandemic and working from home, uh, being so reliant on tech. Um, and I had a couple of questions around that and how that relates to um, diversity and, and mentorship as well and everything we're talking about. Um, I mean, firstly, we've heard a lot about acceleration in tech in, in the past year. Um, what about in, in diversity, is, is that getting better um, compared to where we were, say, 12 months ago and, and where we're hoping to be in, in 12 months time? Does anybody have any sort of thoughts or observations on that?
2: I think it's really interesting because, um, you know, all of a sudden working remotely, especially for startups, has become more of the default, I would say, if you're launching within the last year. Um, and already, as I'm looking to build my team, uh, I'm thinking of the fact that I can hire from anywhere around the world. It's not such a big deal for us to be based in London. So I think from a diversity point of view, um, it, it yeah, it totally opens up all options. You know, I could hire from India, from from Kenya, from from wherever um, you are. So I I think that's quite a positive, you know, in that regards. But from a corporate level, I, I wonder how much. Uh, difference that's making, probably, you know, James and
3: Kadira will know a lot more. I, I love that, Gary. I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, the fact now that, you know, COVID has really accelerated um, the world's view on, you know, future of work and, and being able to, to to work remotely and, and, and recruit uh, talent from really anywhere in the world, um, if it suits your, your business, um, I think has, has done a, a great thing when we think about hiring diverse talent
0: yeah and James does that chime with with what you're seeing in your team in in Europe Middle East and Africa Uh,
1: absolutely we I think for the you know for a lot of the businesses out there Covid has been a forcing function for them to really take a step back analyze what is their strategy you know to go to go to market and do business and you know the property industry as we know is quite a traditional industry. But I think it's really starting to get the message that business, how they've done business in the last 10 years is not how they're going to do business in the next 10 years. And as they kind of really buckle down and and look and address their strategy, diversity is a key part of that. And it needs to be, it's got to be addressed to help them uh, really figure out how to move forward in, in the most effective way, so I think, COVID, in my opinion, I think COVID has helped get diversity on the agenda. I don't think you know. I'm not saying that anything is solved. I think everyone has a long, long way to go um, on this subject, but I think it has helped companies kind of bring it onto the agenda and and really think about you know what does the future look like for my workforce, my culture, my business, my everything.
0: Is there a danger to to look at the flip side of that, that when all, all this is over or at least um, eased in terms of people going back to the office and workspaces reopening, city centres bustling, restaurants are full again, that people go back into their their sort of safe, familiar networks and groups and the, the old boys club and they're they go back to that narrow exposure and and not um meeting different people of different backgrounds and from underrepresented parts of society and how do we prevent that from from happening so this isn't just a a a moment in time but becomes a lasting uh sort of movement
3: you know i think it's it's important for uh, companies, you know, whether they're big or small to really be intentional and think about, um, you know, post pandemic, what does inclusion look like? What does it mean for our organization, especially when so many companies will have uh, workforces, some working in offices, some working remote, definitely global workforces. And so again, I think that intentional effort, recognizing that this is a journey, that there are going to be starts and stops, that there's not going to be one size fits all, continuing to check in with your people, with your employees, asking them how are they feeling, listening to them. All of that is going to really help us to make sure that we don't, um, Paul, to your point, kind of revert back um, and take steps back in so much of this crucial work that's been happening over the last year.
2: I would like to think that there's been enough uh focus and momentum um in the past year on on the dn on on dni from pretty much most companies that uh, i think it's going to continue uh and as kadira said you know it it is a journey for most people and everyone is already well a lot of people have already started taking those initial first steps so i'd like to think that that momentum will continue and uh it will only become bigger absolutely as teams become more distributed uh it'll become even more important to understand you know the different cultural nuances um and and all of uh, you know and, and what that means for each business so I, I think it's been a great um sort of start and and you know impacted obviously by the wider societal issues um and uh, I, I think i I think it's all positive and I see a lot of positive things happening and I I predict that it will continue maybe, maybe a bit slowly, but it's definitely on the right trajectory, so to speak.
0: Yeah. And and describe for us, if you can, the the picture on the the tech founders side, when you've been recruiting people for want of a better phrase to, you know, to be mentored and and to find the, the startup founders. Um, what is the, the the sort of proportion or uh, however you would describe it of uh, you know people from uh, less well represented backgrounds that, that that are out there seeking some assistance and, and access into those those networks what does that look like have you uh, you found a lot of a lot of people or is it hard to identify or
2: yeah so We've, so far, within the past two months, I've had about 200, just over uh, 200, uh, and that's a mix of both mentees and mentors. Uh, We've intentionally uh, focused on underrepresented founders, so that's where, you know, uh, we're seeing, uh, that's the group uh, of of founders that I'm seeing so far. Um, I think a lot of people recognize that now is the best time to, to start a business, right? There's so many digital options that are available. So there's more founders than, I was reading a stat the, the other day, that there's more founders than uh, that have started business during the pandemic than in the past year before the pandemic. So I, I think that the need is going to continue uh, for those founders to get the support that they need, Um I'm seeing slightly more founders than than mentors that are willing to give up their time again, because everyone is so busy and, and, you know, it takes one or two hours out of your day to do it. So it's, it's still early days, but a lot of positive signs. And as I said, I think the, the need is only going to get bigger and bigger, uh, just, just due to more people, you know, being able to start their own business.
3: You know, I think, you know, to the earlier conversation, when we think about, uh, you know, mentorship, uh, internal and, and external. And, and again, the, the way that at Matterport, we're seeing, um, the success of that, uh, you know, and I, again, James is a, a great example. Um, you know, he's serving as, uh, a mentor, as an executive sponsor of, of, our pride employee resource group. And, and really that executive sponsor role is, is part mentor, part coach, um, you know, again, whether uh, that executive sponsor identifies as part of that group or serving as an ally and is sharing, but also learning. And I think sometimes we forget uh, that that a mentor is, is both teaching and also learning. Um, but then externally, of course, you know, James's role and participation in mentorship hub, um, again, demonstrates, you know, our mentorship cares uh, of values of, of really Um, supporting our employees to engage in the causes that they care about. And so I think, again, James is just a great example in the work that he's doing, both inside Matterport, but also outside of the company. Um, Just a great example of, you know, the richness and the benefits of serving as a mentor internally and externally.
2: Yeah, and I could absolutely relate to that myself when I was organizing our own conference. Uh, It got to the point where I had to make sure that every single panel you know, is, has got uh, equal representation. And um, it took a lot of effort. And, and I think that sort of speaks to, to the wider challenge that everyone has to be just that bit more proactive to sort of go out of your way to, you know, to make sure that inclusivity happens. Uh, because, you know, if, if we stay within our comfort zone, then nothing changes really. So it's just being that bit more proactive and conscious that, you know, I have to try something new. Um, and play my part. I think that's, that's really what it comes down
3: to as well. Gary's point is, is a really important one. And, and again, going back to the intentionality and, and really when we think about diversity and inclusion, you know, it's that literal and figurative uh, act of, of looking at who's not in the room, who's not at the table, right? Who's, who's being left out of spaces um, that I think is, is really important in the work that, that we all um, are going to have to do. And again, it just goes back to just being very deliberate, very intentional, very thoughtful and continuing to confront the biases that we all have um, in order to, you know, take those necessary steps on our journey to get to where we want to be.
0: Absolutely. Thank you all for um, giving us your, your time and your insight today for a very interesting and important discussion. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to that and I look forward to welcoming you to another Placetech podcast very soon. Thank you.